Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Answering the Call, offering a glimpse into the spiritual journeys of local priests, deacons, and religious. And now, Answering the Call with Elizabeth Piccicelli. Hello, and thanks for joining us here on Answering the Call on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820, and streaming live to you at stgabrielradio.com. I'm Elizabeth Ficicelli. You know, it's easy to take something for granted like faith when it's all we've ever known. And my guest today had that experience, and that's what eventually would lead him to a greater appreciation of his Catholic faith and even more eventually to the priesthood. He is Father Todd Richard Lehi. He's parochial vicar over at St. Andrews in Columbus, and he is one of our recently ordained priests. And uh, so first of all, Father uh, Lehi, welcome to Answering the Call on AMA 20. Glad to be here. We're glad to have you, Father. Now, you grew up, I always like to start where our guests grew up, and you grew up in the furthermost uh, northeast corner of the diocese, Denison, Ohio. So begin your story there and tell us a little bit about the Lehigh family that you grew up in. Well, yeah, uh, Denison, Ohio, uh, small northeast town, uh, railroading town. Uh, I grew up there, my family... Uh, Todd, uh, Todd Allen Lehigh, he's my father, uh, and Paula Lehigh, my mother. And I have one sister, uh, Lindsay. Uh, she's now married and has a family of her own. But we grew up in that small town, uh, living out in the country, about 10 minutes, a 10-minute drive from Denison. And my mother... Uh, growing up, she was Catholic. She'd come from a Catholic background. Her family in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And uh, she moved to Ohio whenever she was, uh, I think, around uh, 18 years old or so. Mm-hmm. And attended high school in Ohio. And got to know my dad. Uh, and... You know, through their dating, uh, eventually, uh, both of them were married. No, he wasn't Catholic at the time. No, my father was Methodist growing up, and uh, he always told me that uh, he enjoyed reading Scripture. Um, I'm not sure exactly how often uh, his family, whenever he was growing up, went to the Methodist church, but uh, occasionally they would attend and... uh, so he had a a grasp of the scriptures and uh, was definitely always uh, faithful in praying. And he was willing to, I guess, you know, concede to my mother's wishes that both my sister and I uh, be sent to, to Catholic school and that we would attend Immaculate Conception uh, Parish and Elementary School in Denison, Ohio. And you served as an altar server there, correct? Yeah. How'd that come about? Well, it was kind of funny. Uh, My mom always told my sister and I that we had to choose in fifth grade whether we would become a member of the junior choir uh, (laughs) that the church had or choose to be an altar server. We needed to, we were forced to, to help in some way to be involved. Uh, in the parish church, and uh, my sister joined the junior choir, and I thought, well, I don't have a great singing voice, so I'd like to be doing something, and uh, 
I signed up to be an altar server <laughs> in fifth grade. Now, your pastor at the time was Father Ralco. Uh, we've had him on the show, wonderful priest. How would you say he impacted your faith as a young boy? Well, uh, I think being able to serve with him at Mass uh, was always, uh, I guess, uh, impacted me. Um, so I kind of got to know him. Uh, me and the other servers would, would joke around with him and... Uh, I know he would always stop over at the school uh, at least once a week. It seemed like he was over there almost every other day, Mm -hmm. at lunchtime especially, uh, and he got to know the kids at the school. Uh, He came there to Immaculate Conception whenever I was in first grade and uh, was there all the way through high school. Wow. So he would also give out report cards and... Uh, keep some of those traditions alive, but kind of got to know him uh, as a s- sort of fatherly figure, uh, as a priest who cared for his people there, cared for the students, and uh, he knew everyone. So uh, I'd say that's, you know, his his impact on me. Well, as a young boy that age, elementary school, did you think, I want to be like Father Rocco when I grow up, I want to be a, a priest? Well, I know uh, some of the guys who, some of the priests who come here uh, explain how they thought since second grade that they wanted to be a priest and, you know, would would play mass and that sort of thing. I guess early on I didn't really consider that. Uh, But after uh, becoming an altar server, I would say somewhere in junior high I thought about it and, uh, you know, what sort of commitment that might involve. I wasn't fully aware. I just knew some of the practical things uh, as far as saying Mass on Sunday. And even uh, early on, our grade school, uh, St. Mary's Immaculate Conception, uh, I think we had a good foundation in the faith and even a good devotional life. Uh, You know, first Fridays we'd have all-school Mass, and uh, exposition of the Blessed Sacrament, even from an early age, kind of knowing uh, about Jesus present in the Eucharist and uh, some of the more traditional devotions. Um, Those were impactful on me, I guess, and uh, even some of my memories as far as uh, being in church, in quiet, praying, during the Stations of the Cross, thinking about the suffering that Jesus went through. I remember praying about that, and that impacted me profoundly uh, during Lent, during junior high, when we would uh, pray the Stations of the Cross. I think that was something that kind of stuck in in my memory and with me. And, of course, we learned uh, how to pray the Rosary. It's Immaculate Conception Parish, so... That was one of the the traditions uh, around October and in May during the end of school. Yeah, it sounds like a good foundation, you know, the devotions and and the the learning about your faith. What about um, high school? You went to Tuscaroras Central Catholic High School. Um, What were those four years like? Well, I would say uh, those four years were 
a bit of an adjustment. Uh, in my own faith journey, I would say during that time in high school, I uh, kind of took my faith for granted. And uh, although I was a- attending uh, Mass on Sundays, um, I don't know how how engaged I was really with a life of prayer and really giving thanks to God. Um, but being in high school, you know, making the adjustment from junior high, uh, where eighth grade you're on top of the world, and then all <laughs> yeah, of a then sudden you're the little man on campus. You're back yeah. <laughs> to even in a even in a school that had only maybe around a hundred and sixty to hundred and eighty kids total in my high school, Tuscarora Central Catholic. Uh, yeah, you're you're knocked back down to low man on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. And, starting off. And so that was a a little bit of a difficult adjustment for me, but uh, I did play uh, football and uh, track and field, and so those were good uh, social sports, especially track. Um, And you had a couple of students there that were considering priesthood, but you were kind of friends with, or at least knew. mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, in the class ahead of me, there was uh, Peter Clore, uh, who was considering uh, the priesthood. Uh, so I knew knew him. Uh, he played football, and uh, at least the I think my freshman year, uh, he was a, a great ahead of me, and. Uh, so I, I knew he he was considering vocation, but then also in my own class there was uh, another priest from our diocese who was ordained a few years ago uh, in 2015, uh, Father Tony Davis, mm-hmm. uh, and so I knew he was considering a vocation uh, to the priesthood too, to entering seminary, uh, as well as a, another. Um, Another man in in our class, uh, Michael Liciano, he he was considering seminary at that time too. And uh, interestingly enough, now he he works at uh, AM ten sixty uh, Catholic Radio. Hmm, interesting. Uh, so you had these friends who were considering seminary, but by the time high school was over, you were not considering uh, seminary yet. Where did you go to college? No, I went to uh, a regional campus of Kent State. Uh, university, and I always liked, uh, as a hobby, working on cars and uh, taking things apart, mechanical things, and so I I was interested in that, and I thought, well, I might like to uh, do this for a living, you know, work uh, in a mechanical uh, manufacturing facility, and so I thought about going to college to to be a mechanical engineer, uh, specifically in the manufacturing field. And uh, okay, and that's at local yeah. college or, or Kent yeah, State Community College. Community College, or Kent State. Now, the thing that's interesting to me is at this time in your journey, when you were, like you said, sort of taking your faith for granted, not really super serious about it. Your your dad, on the other hand, was having a very powerful experience in his faith. Yeah, so around my time in high school, even though I was an altar server and uh, 
still attended Mass on the weekends. While I wasn't really taking my own uh, life of personal prayer and the faith in general uh, in s- seriously, my dad was, uh, right after the, the death of Pope, J- Pope now St. John Paul II, uh, my father was thinking about converting from uh, being Methodist to entering the Catholic Church. Uh, it was really the historical component there that uh, kind of helped open him up a little bit further to the Catholic faith. That uh, I think he he, he told me that uh, just hearing on the news during uh, the funeral mass for, that was telecast uh, for Pope John Paul II, just hearing on the news that uh, John Paul II was in the line of St. Peter, who mm. was the first pope, that really kind of got the wheels turning for my father to, to look into the history of the church. And uh, he ended up uh, speaking with our parish priest, even though often he would come to Mass as a Methodist and uh, attend church with us. But that really got him to just something small like that to take the next step. Mm-hmm. So That had been a pretty powerful example for you. We're talking mm-hmm. with um, Father Todd Richard Lehigh. He's parochial vicar at St. Andrews in Columbus, and he's our guest today on Answering the Call. So, Father, um, as you mentioned, you, you went from high school to college, Kent State, the you know, a community uh, campus for Kent State there, uh, studying in that path, maybe mechanical engineering. Uh, but somewhere along the line, you began questioning your college path, maybe your life in general, uh, around 2008. Um, talk a little bit about that situation. Yeah, I would say uh, around that time, uh, you know, I started questioning uh what direction really uh, my life was headed in, uh, and really if I could see myself uh, being a, a, as a job, being a mechanical engineer for the rest of my life, if that would have anything, provide any sort of fulfillment for me personally. But what really kind of got me to think a little bit more deeply, too, um, was around that time of the uh, financial, uh, I guess, uh, crisis, crisis or, or yeah. minor depression uh, during that time. And thinking about the, the people who had, uh, you know, worked for a living, saving up for retirement, and then just having that taken away. And it really just got me to think, well... Where am I seeking my fulfillment? Uh, is it really is life really about uh, what maybe my ambitions were to uh, save up uh, money and uh, to maybe be married someday? But um, just the trajectory I was on, I really started questioning that, and that really got me to kind of open myself back up to prayer that I really neglected for a long time, uh, just to really take serious uh, my faith, my life of prayer. And it kind of boiled down, I guess, to uh, on one specific occasion, occasion, um, just stopping into church in the evening, uh, 
just in the silence, just praying for my heart, just asking the Lord, you know, hey, I'm really open to believing in you and to trusting in you, and I know that you want what's best for me, so I'm willing to trust in you. Help show me the path that you want me to follow, because the path that I'm on, the the path that I thought was best for myself, I don't see as fulfilling. And it was a really deep prayer from the heart, I think, that kind of got me to take uh, my faith serious again. Um, what was the tipping point, would you say, that moved you from, you know, being taking the faith more seriously, being open, uh, to actually testing the call to priesthood? Well, uh, I guess at that time, back into to thinking, to taking my faith serious again, um, was just wanting to follow the Lord's will, and priesthood wasn't necessarily the first thought that came back into my mind whenever I was made that prayer, but that got me to to want to pray more often, to try to discern God's will for my life. And so I think one of the influential things after uh, that occasion was coming across uh, a pamphlet with the Divine Mercy Chaplet uh, explained on it. And... Uh, I think that kind of opened my eyes. I can't even remember where I came across that pamphlet at. If someone had given it to my family and it was laying around our house or or where exactly I came across that at, but I started to pray that chaplet and that prayer that I had neglected uh, really took hold of me to open my eyes up to God's love and mercy for all of us, for all human beings. And uh, I guess I, I desired that deep in my heart. And I thought after praying the, uh, that chaplet uh, and kind of relearning my the faith I had taken for granted, you know, uh, going back through and uh, relearning the catechism on my own, listening to Catholic radio, uh, that kind of led me to uh, read St. Faustina's diary on the Divine Mercy and to really take serious uh, the sacraments, uh, the Eucharist, and especially uh, the Sacrament of Reconciliation, you know, wanting my life to be uh, right with God and with everyone else. Did you talk to any priests or your family about this discernment? Uh, during this time, uh, I guess I kind of talked a little bit to uh, the parish priest at that time, who was uh, Father Tony Lonzo, uh, just a little bit about uh, the church in general. I don't know if he had any sort of inkling that I might be considering the priesthood, but uh, at first... But I kind of felt more comfortable to try to reconnect with uh, my former pastor, Father uh, Martin Rauco, who has moved down to Zanesville. And uh, since he knew me all those years, uh, from first grade all the way through high school and into college, uh, 
So I made some time to catch up with him, to talk with him on the phone and to to stop down there and visit with him. So. And your parents, were they uh, surprised? Were they supportive? I think maybe they might have been a little bit surprised, uh, but they were very supportive all the way through. So, so you officially um, applied and were accepted. I, I know you finished your degree first because uh, you were probably, what, three-quarters of the way through with Kent State first. Yeah, I thought it would be best. Um, I think I was given the option to, to transfer into the, the Josephinum, the seminary, but uh, I wanted to make sure I had that finished, that degree capped off. Um, and then, um, so you did enter the seminary. That was the fall of 2012, the Josephinum. Mm-hmm. Um, it was six years, uh, two th- pre-theology, four theology. What was seminary like for you? Uh, it was a bit of a challenge at first, getting adjusted to uh, what's called the horarium, the, the daily schedule there. But it gave me the opportunity uh, to meet a lot of good people, other guys who were discerning the priesthood, and I made some really good friends in my class who are now uh, priests for different dioceses, and I guess it provided further dis- opportunities for discernment. Um, you know, daily, uh, there's a holy hour with Eucharistic adoration, so time for personal prayer, but communal prayer at Mass and uh, praying the liturgy, the hours together. And then the uh, pastoral uh, elements that the seminary offered, uh, I think those were probably some of the the best things that the seminary had to offer, um, aside from a deeper philosophical and theological education, because those pastoral experiences were kind of like a a reminder of, well, what seminary life is really geared towards, right. you know, not exactly. just itself. Sure. Uh, because sometimes being at the seminary, it seems like it can be kind of enclosed on itself as though it were uh, almost like a religious community, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which it kind of is, but uh, it's ultimately geared towards, uh, you know, being out in a parish absolutely, with the faithful and uh, wanting to evangelize, you know, uh, serving a community. Yeah, so you so, know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. It's a, absolutely... So those pastoral experiences, uh, we call them apostolic works. Those were uh, kind of reminders of that. And you also got to do two international pilgrimages during your seminary years, Rome and the Holy Land. And How was that for you? Well, that was uh, quite the experience, uh, especially going to Rome uh, during our uh, third-year theology studies, because that was really the first time I traveled outside the country over to Europe, mm-hmm. and so it was it was awesome for me, uh, you know, uh, going to Rome. I think some of the most uh, impressive uh, parts of that trip were being able to go on the uh, Scavi tour. Oh, uh, St. Peter's tomb. Yeah, to see St. Peter's tomb, the excavations underneath uh, 
of St. Peter's Basilica to the the ancient uh, Roman buildings and where the early Christians worshipped at. Mm-hmm. That was uh, profound for me. And then, of course, serving with the Pope on uh, January 1st, the Solemnity of Mary, the Mother of God. That's awesome. Uh, that was just an awesome experience to see uh, St. Peter's Basilica filled with so many people and kind of that large uh, mass kind of reminded me more of the the universality of the church. Absolutely. All those people there. Absolutely. Yeah. There's nothing to, no way to describe that. that great is. to be with Pope Francis too, but oh, just seeing the place filled was awesome. And your first assignment, um, Father Lehi, you are parochial vicar at St. Andrews. It's a large suburban parish. How is it going over there? Uh, so far, uh, it's it's going well. There's a lot of people uh, for me to get to meet and know over there. To, to memorize names is just a challenge of oh, itself, yeah. but it really helps uh, getting to know them and being involved in their lives. Uh, and I'm thankful for it, and I hope that I can contribute uh, to their faith journey at St. Andrew. Uh, it can be... Busy at times over there, a larger parish, uh, and uh, but yeah, so far it's it's been great. Well, we will certainly continue to pray for your journey as parochial vicar at St. Andrews, and I, I know it's a learning experience. That's what our priests tell us. You need to kind of just learn. It's learning on the ground learning, and uh, I'm sure you'll be a blessing there. Um, so, Father Lehi, thank you so much for sharing your journey. Can you leave us with your blessing? Let us pray. We give thanks to Almighty God for the gift of life, for the gift of redemption and discipleship, His Son, Jesus Christ. We give thanks for the Holy Spirit to live out our own vocations as disciples of Christ, to always be open to God's will. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, Father Todd Richard Lehi. This is Elizabeth Ficicelli, host of Answering the Call. Tune in on Tuesdays and Sundays at 1230 for another edition. In the meantime, have a wonderful week. God bless. Answering the Call is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Answering the Call with Elizabeth Ficicelli are available at stgabrielradio.com.